Welcome to a new episode of Saturday Soundbites, the vibrant and powerhouse podcast where we discuss all things visibility strategy, public relations, marketing, advertising, branding, and earned media engagement. My name is Veronica V. Sofer, and I'm your host. You know, your personal brand is the basis of your visibility strategy, and I'm committed to bringing you innovative, passionate, and successful experts who are going to teach you how to develop and enhance your visibility strategy. So whether you're an established business owner, online entrepreneur, or working professional, Saturday Soundbites is going to be your go-to podcast to hear from experts and learn executable tasks that you can start today. Be sure to check out my website, veronicavsofer.com, to learn more about what you need to have a strong and impactful visibility strategy, and to see some of the powerful courses I have created for those of you who are really ready to do it DIY style. So let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to Saturday Soundbites. I'm your host, Veronica Sofer, and we talk all things visibility strategy here on Saturday Soundbites, whether it's marketing, public relations, advertising, branding, network, all the business structures you're going to want to have in place to make sure that your business is growing. I love to bring you guests who have lots of experience in this space. Who can hear and who can share with you their expertise on growing your business and making sure that your message is getting out there so you can be selling your products and services to your target audience. Today, I have a fantastic guest. I'm going to bring him on in just a second. But before I do that, let's take care of a little housekeeping. If you are listening on the podcast, make sure you hit subscribe. We don't want you to miss any episodes of Saturday Soundbites. And if you are watching our Facebook or on YouTube, drop us some comments so my guests and I can go back and connect. With that, I'm going to introduce you to an amazing business coach, Mr. Stiefeld, who is joining us today. And he is going to share all his expertise and knowledge on how he's been able to help phenomenal businesses grow. Welcome, Steve. So glad to have you. Great. Well, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you've helped lots of successful businesses. You have been a phenomenal um, business owner yourself. You've had a lot of lessons learned, but tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, well, I've owned and operated seven businesses and ran three others. And I wish I could say that they were all unicorns, rainbows, and sparkles, but it's a learning process all the time. I've learned a lot of things along the way. And I'm just one of those serial entrepreneurs. I'm addicted to business. But my passion really lies in helping small business owners and entrepreneurs survive and thrive and build a long-term sustainable business because the failure rate for small business owners is staggering and it hasn't changed in over 100 years. And it's time to turn that around. Yeah, absolutely. And do you have you noticed any trends um, coming out of of the pandemic? I know you've been at this a long time, so you've seen a lot of ebbs and flow. But what are some of the things that you're seeing coming out of it? Yeah, it was amazing. And 2020 was actually our busiest year. And the reason was, I mean, the lockdowns. So the businesses we work with, it's like, let's think your box, let's get really outside the box and think how we can utilize what you already have in your business and capitalize on it. Mm -hmm. Those businesses are still around and surviving and they are thriving today. Mm -hmm. So it's about pivoting, but we also noticed a lot of things. A lot of businesses weren't set up for exit strategies. So they thought, well, I'm going to sell my business, but you didn't build it to sell it. You didn't have an end game in it and they're gone, unfortunately. 
Wow, that's an interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Um, so when you're working with folks, I know your the topic today is going to be talking about money, and you know how we go about making sure that um, our businesses are running efficiently and effectively, and more importantly, how your message is money. So let's talk about that a little bit because that intrigues me and makes me a little nervous all at the same time. <laughs> well, the simplest way I could say it is like. We've, I think we've all been to networking groups or been a part of anything that where someone goes, so what do you do? That's the next things out of your mouth is your message. If it doesn't resonate with that person, they check out where we all do it. We, we can't say that we're not, but your message is that money. So if you're not talking to your target market, who's your market? What are their problems? How are you solving them? And then why you, in less than 30 seconds, you lost your crowd. And what I see with a lot of business owners, when I ask them, what do you do? It's 20 minutes later and you're still trying to figure out what the heck do they do? You've checked out 19 and a half minutes ago. So having a clear message of who your target market is and how, what are their problems, how you solve them, that's your money. And you can use that on everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk a lot, uh, or you mentioned networking and being at events. How does that differ when you're on the online space? Many of us, um, depending on where you are in the country or in the world, we're not back to -to face-to-face. I'm actually in Texas and we are back to -to face-to-face events. And I've attended a few networking events and I've been exactly in that situation that you just described and I'm waiting for the person to get to the point. But how does that work when you're in a virtual space? How important is it to be on the mark? Yeah, one of the biggest things I see is above the fold on your website or your landing pages or any of your marketing, it should be right there as well because that has to capture someone. You got to think if they don't or not captured for above the fold right away, what do we all do? Three seconds, we're out. Mm-hmm. But if that, it's like, wait a minute, it's talk, that message is talking to me. I'm going to scroll down now. Mm-hmm and go check out what else is there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it could be used everywhere. And how do you, how do you coach folks on identifying that key message? Because um, I often wonder what, when someone is working with the coach, the process that they go through to really pinpoint that message. I'm interested in getting your thoughts on that. Yeah. The first, very, very first thing is like, who's your target market? And you cannot be everything to everyone. So let's get that off the plate right now. (laughs) You got to really know who are you serving. And then once you identify that, what are their true problems? Not the problems you think that they have, but what are their true problems? And the easiest way to find out is, well, ask them. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the easiest way. What are your top three challenges in your business? They'll tell you. Great. And then do you solve all those problems? And one exercise we do is once we identify that target market, I go through this with my clients is start listing all the problems you've heard from your clients, get about 50 of them. Now come up with 50 solutions that you solve that problem for, and then we'll narrow it down to the top three so we can have a clear message. So now we know their problems, their solutions, who we're talking to, and then how are you different than the, you know, your competitor? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And a lot of times people think, well, we're all the same. And it's like, well, if that's the case, you're competing on price and not value. So you right. also lost the war. Mm -hmm. And and do you feel like it's okay to be, um, especially if value is your message, do you feel like it's okay to brag about your prices? I heard um, a podcast recently and they talked about, don't be ashamed to have high prices. And I really like your thoughts on how that comes across to people, because I think, uh, you know, people associate quality with price and money, something we're really sensitive to. Oh, that, that's a great point. One of my clients was known as the cheapest, not the lowest price, cheapest in his market. And he was wondering why he wasn't making any money. So we raised, he raised his prices 40% in a month. We lost 0.01% of sales. That's so come on. I'll do the math on people all day long on this. Raising your prices, you're not going to lose what you think you're going to lose. Not mm -hmm. even coming close. Two months later, he raised it another 25% and actually doubled the volume. So he almost tripled his prices, doubled his volume of sales. And now he's starting to make money all of a sudden. He lost the people who are just price sensitive, which don't care about you or your business or any value. They're just after the penny. So raising your prices, and I see that with business owners all the time. They haven't raised their prices in years. And then they wonder why they're struggling. It's like, raise your prices, people. It's okay. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Well, and, you know, we associate um, the fear of losing those those clients um, and we associate with raising our prices with doing something wrong. And we're absolutely not doing anything wrong when we raise our prices. Not doing one thing wrong. Your vendors, your suppliers all raise their prices and you didn't adjust for it. So your profit margin keeps doing this. Mm -hmm. And I've done the math with business owners in their offices <laughs> time and time again. And it's like for you to like really take a big hit in your business, you'd have to lose close to like 25 to 30% of your total business just to balance, get back to the break even of a price increase. That's yeah. it's not going to happen. You have to, you have to do the numbers. <clears throat> and I love that you talk about that. Um, so tell us about some of the other suggestions and ways that you work with your clients on marketing, especially if you don't have an advertising budget. Yeah, I love it. I I am very big in, I don't want to call it frugal marketing, but I'm into like finding ways to market without paying. Because <laughs> I, and a lot of my clients like that too. So what I try to do is, well, you got to know, you have your target market, their problems and their and the solutions you provide. Where are they? So you got to go where they are and market there. So if your people are on Facebook, then that's where you need to be. Can you do it without Facebook ads? Yeah, it takes a little longer. Absolutely. I mean, my area is LinkedIn. That's where my people are. I don't pay to be on LinkedIn, but I do have a strategy. So that you, once you know where they're at, you have to really come up with a, a true proactive outbound strategy. It can't just make one post and why isn't anyone buying my stuff? Same with Instagram, everything else. You have to be engaged. So there are plenty of ways to do it. And one of my favorite ways is joint ventures. Oh, okay. It, Tell us a little bit about that. I'm not really, I haven't done a lot of joint ventures before. So that sounds interesting. I think it's one of the greatest tools out there. It's have either 
you're using someone else's audience that is in the same, I want to say tribes, so same similar audiences, and you can cross promote on each other, but you do things differently. So for example, I joint venture with CPA firms and how I do it is I do a workshop for their clients. Well, they have their clients. I do the workshop for free and then sign them up underneath me. And then I actually pay an affiliate fee back to the joint venture partner. You could do this online all day long and running a summit, five day challenges, cross promote in your newsletter, on your blogs. I mean, it just goes on and on. But find someone where you can actually, you have similar tribe, but you do something different that can help their tribe, their mm -hmm. people, and vice versa. And you can get paid for it. Yeah, I, I like that collaboration. Um, and I think it actually brings more value to your target market. And I think that probably um, folks would be more inclined to want to support someone who's bringing more value as part of a collaboration from someone they trust. Absolutely. And not only that, it's growing your list as well. So if you're giving away something free on someone else's platform, it's growing your list as well. Well, that's opening up your business to greater, your greater demographics, your target market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. How do you coach folks on starting out? And, and the reason why I ask is I know we've got a lot of listeners who are still working on their business model. They maybe haven't decided to launch a side hustle or haven't decided to leave uh, their traditional corporate space. How do you start people out on the process? Yeah, I've been calling it jumping the cubicle for years. <laughs> ah, love it. Yes. And I've been teaching a class for six years, three times a month called ABCs of starting a business. So this is right up my alley because we teach them the good, the bad, the ugly about being an entrepreneur. And the first thing is really know who your mark, what is your market, who you're targeting to and what is your product and service? If you don't come up with just the basics, like what is your product and service and who's it really, really for? not everyone, then everything else won't fall in line. Mm -hmm. So all the marketing dollars, we've seen it time and time again through our history. You see these big companies throw a whole bunch of marketing dollars at it. And you're thinking, what is it? It doesn't resonate with us. And then those companies are bankrupt. Right, right. So you have to make sure that happens. And is it a viable product? Is it something that people actually need? And, and, and I wonder too, how do you, if you have a hunch, but you don't have the data, how do you help people figure that part out? Because it's a really great question. And I don't know that a lot of us spend a lot of time looking at data. We just follow our intuition or, our, you know, hunches that we might have. Yeah, that one I get a lot. And is, the answer is going to stun you. And I'm glad we can't see everyone's faces because they're all going to give me that like, what look? go to your comp competition in that area, in that industry. I swear, I've done this before when I had a retail store. I was like, where, what kind of product should I carry in my retail store? I knew what I was going to do. I had my target market, but really did I have my target market? So I went and talked to all my competitors within a 10 mile radius. It did wonders for me. Really? I bought, them, I bought them a lunch and I said, listen, here's what I'm doing. Being open and honest. I'd like to pick your brain and ask you questions. 
And I did. I gained a wealth of knowledge from that. Not only that, we became, we had relationships. We started buying the same kind of materials together and reducing our costs. So we started like joint venturing on those kind of things. And then it was also during the economic downturn. So they were all on the verge of bankruptcy every day, whereas I was thriving and surviving. And it was now they're trying to sell their businesses to me where I'm buying their inventory on pennies on the dollar because of the relationship. Mm -hmm. So I always say, get to know your competitors. But if you're going to open up an Italian restaurant, don't go to the Italian restaurant and you're going to open it up next door. Go across town to do that. They won't give you any information if they find out you're opening right across the street. Right, right. Now that's that's really good advice. <laughs> and 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 it's probably a little tricky in the online space just because um geography isn't really um a thing for us, right? So, but I think there's a I, I've heard this before and I believe it's so true. There's enough business for everybody. That is absolutely a thousand percent true. The how you find out is find your comp competition even online. Mm -hmm. And one of my mentors told me this. They go stalk them. And I'm like, okay, that was a little weird, but stock them in a good way. Find out what are they saying on their website and on their landing pages, on their social media. And they go, what makes you different than that person? What Find that one thing and exploit it. In that retail store I mentioned, my number one competitor was a national chain across the street who had a multi-billion dollar budget. Whereas here at my marketing budget was like $500 a month. And that was <laughs> tough. And I found out what their weakness was. And I made a big banner. I spent all my marketing dollars on one month and made a banner. And that banner brought me in more business. And it was all because I fixed their mistakes. And that was their number one customer problem was they made too many mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I fixed them. Yeah. No, I think that's some really great advice, especially for someone um, who's trying to figure out how to stretch those marketing dollars. What are some other mistakes that you see folks making as they're launching their businesses? Oh, this one is, I, I hate to say it, I've done it so many times, <laughs> is asking for help. And not ask, it's really not asking for any help. Right, you think right. You know it all. My business is so unique. No one will understand it. That is Grade A, you know what? Yep. It couldn't be farther from the truth, folks. Business is business. Your business is not different than someone else's business. Your products and services and everything else are unique. Yes. But business is business. Get the help. If you hate accounting, don't kill yourself on this. I swear you're going to just burn yourself out. And it's going to end up co really costing you in the long run. Right. Get the help. Same thing with marketing. If you don't, if you're not a web developer, don't try to create your own website. It's not drag and drop. There's a science behind it. Same with SEO. You read a couple articles about SEO and you think you got it. It's like, I've been there and it didn't work. Yeah, it does take some expertise. And I like the idea of um, going out networking with your tribe. And I think if you're doing all the networking that you talked about early on, you'll be able to find some shared resources. Um, mm -hmm. and that will probably help you manage that short budget or that small budget you might be dealing with. 
Absolutely. Because you got to think as a business owner, there are things we love and things we don't like. Mm -hmm. So find someone who loves the things you hate to do. Yeah, it <laughs> that's going to be the okay. quote of the day. <laughs> <laughs> that's some I, really great advice. Yeah, no, I like that. I learned this the hard way. Same with getting a good mentor, a good advisor, a good coach. I mean, once I did that and brought it into one of my businesses, my life changed within 45 days. Not just my business, my life. Wow. So until this day, I mean, I still have, I still have two coaches. They do yeah. different things for me, but mm -hmm. that's their specialties and they're good at this and this one's good at that. And I rely on them and they keep me focused. And that's a hard thing for a new business owner, the shiny object syndrome. I mean, we all get it. Right. Sorry. That's so true. Part of the game. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's so, so true, Steve. Um, what do you, what do you like to, um, what kind of advice do you like to impart on uh, folks who decide to work with you, what's one of the first things that you tell them to do in terms of their mindset or how to get ready for what's next and the tough conversations that might have to be had? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer and I'm going to be honest and open about everything. I'm not going to sugarcoat it because as we all know, that doesn't help you in the long run. It doesn't help us grow as individuals. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like advice that's given it to me straight and things I need to work on. Yeah, if I did something good, great. Give me a quick pat on the back. We'll celebrate the win and let's move on and try to work on the things that didn't work because that's where you're going to grow. If someone keeps telling you that you're doing everything perfect, you'll never grow. And then next thing you know, everything starts going downhill. But if you got someone who's pushing you, to your own goals, not their goals, that's critical. So the first thing is defining the goals of what you want. So you got to know your goals and how do you get there is a lot of times it's a little playing a little devil's advocate with someone. Sure. And they, you could say, well, I want to retire with a million dollars in the bank. Well, that's very nebulous. What a, how many years is that? What is a million dollars in the bank? How will that help you? A million dollars today is not going to be worth a million dollars in 20 years. Right. So let's do that math. That's where you got to ask those kind of questions. Like what's the end goal of your business? What's your exit strategy? Because I, and like I mentioned in 2020 and 2021, a lot of businesses were failing and they thought, well, someone's going to buy my business. I'm going to retire on a beach. Well, when they built it, it's them and their spouse and maybe their kid in the business. No one wants to buy that. Nobody. So you got to build a business that's sellable or it could be it could be bought from a company. It could be bought from a competitor. I mean, like I mentioned, there were all my competition was trying to have me buy their businesses. So why? We had the relationships. That's that's really good advice, because as you're talking about it, I don't know that we've had anyone on the show talk about an exit strategy. Tell us oh. what that really is. Yeah, it's. The end goal, what are, you, what are you building? Why are you building this business? And what do you want to do when it gets to a certain point? So one of my clients is like, listen, I'm going to build a legacy. So legacy is passing it down to your kids or a close relative. Mm -hmm. And I came up with it straight up. It's like, does, does your son want to take over your business? He goes, not yet. And I go, 
then we cannot build a legacy because that is less than 8% of all businesses are legacy and they fail on the next legacy, on ah. the next generation. Mm -hmm. Three generations in, they're gone. So let's not build legacy. How about we build something that you can eventually sell in pieces or as a whole? And he's like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So it's like, great. What, how many, so we start off like how many employees, how many clients, and we reversed engineered it back. So we knew now year by year, how many new clients we have to get. When do new employees have to come on board? And then we start working on the internal systems to get him, the owner, kind of, I don't want to say out of the business, but start managing the business and leading it and not being managed by it. Mm -hmm. So if he takes a vacation for a week, do not pick up the phone. Don't look at email. You have staff. They got you covered. That's when you really know you have a business. Yeah, that makes that makes complete sense. That's some really good advice. And I think that's giving our listeners definitely something to, to think about, Steve. How can folks work with you? You've got some great advice. Clearly, you've got lots of expertise. How can people connect with you? Yeah, I mean, my web, I have my website at bizcoachsteve.com. It's B-I-Z, Coach Steve. Um, and then my email is pretty simple. It's just steve at bizcoachsteve.com. And I'm always giving, doing free master classes and workshops for business owners, trying to help them grow their business because I, I'm a big believer in that. I do have a, a podcast as well. I have books and all my books are geared. Well, they all actually came from ideas from my client. And it's like, wow, they're all having the exact same problem. Why don't I just take these and put them in a book? Cause I'm saying the same thing over and Let's yeah. see if I can do it to help others. And I'm more than happy to always give out those books. It's like whatever I can do to help business owners be successful. No, that's fantastic. And all those links will be in the show notes, Steve, so that people can connect with you. And I'm um, definitely downloaded your podcast in preparation. So <laughs> enjoy the content. And I'm going to encourage everyone else to do so as well. Well, thank you. And yeah, like I said, I'm here to help business owners grow and build a really successful business. That's my, that's where it all is for me. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Steve. It's been a pleasure having you on Saturday Sound Bites. Well, thank you for having me. All right, you guys, that wraps up this episode of Saturday Sound Bites. I hope you enjoyed Steve and all the wonderful tips and strategies he had to share. Uh, I love that we talked about money free, if you will, marketing and how there are so many opportunities and ways for you to market your business, whether you're on a small budget or no budget at all. So make sure you check out more of this kind of content from Steve. His con uh, contact information are in the show notes. Make sure you listen to his podcast. He's got some great books as well, because I want to make sure you are connected to our guests who have the expertise to help you grow your business. So we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode of Saturday Soundbites. If you are listening on the podcast, make sure you hit subscribe. We we don't want you to miss any episodes. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, make sure you drop us some comments so Steve and I can circle back and connect with you. And with that, I'm sending you lots of positive energy and light.